Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the Top 5 Accuracy Award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at si.com slash fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's si.com slash fantasy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. Here's your host with the most, Tiny Tim. What's cracking, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today we're checking out the Seattle Seahawks and giving our preseason predictions with Sports Illustrated Ian Ritchie and author Jonathan Evison. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm ready for real football. With this pollen, but... What? This is the most brutal preseason ever. You couldn't even you couldn't even really read into it, you know? Yeah. I mean, usually you got your first against your first for a couple series, and then your scrubs against you. You know, at least you can have some sort of relative gauge, but yeah, it's messed up. I agree. Uh, this preseason was a season that I wasn't really paying as much attention to because it wasn't games that I really had an interest in any longer. How'd you feel, Ian? Well, I, I I thought the third game was fun to watch just because the, you had a bunch of guys fighting for roster spots. And the only fun thing about preseason is never watching any of the any of the starters. It's maybe getting a rookie, seeing a couple of plays here or there, right? So you see how fast they are. You kind of see if they're physical, like you heard, or or you know, or, or seen on film, or whatever. But um, when guys are fighting for their roster spots, that's fun to watch. Like you know what I mean? I mean, they're out there fighting for their life. They got wants to eat. You know, he's, he, he's living in his car over in Kirkland <laughs> trying, to, trying to make that team, you know? So like, I don't know. I mean, I was watching the 53 pretty close, you know, from, 
from from that perspective of just guys that I thought showed pretty well and should have a chance. And, you know, Carol usually responds to that pretty well. The guys that are really good teammates, the guys that work really hard, that were real hungry for that spot, you know, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. I was just, I was surprised they kept Mannion, I guess, coming out of it for me. I thought he would have cleared waivers. I thought that was a spot that he could have given somebody who was more hungry. Yeah. So, well, he's gone now. Yeah. Sean yeah, Mannion's yeah, gone. I, mean, I think they knew that was coming all along. I just, yeah, they're just, uh, I think, uh, somebody they, they knew they were gonna break somebody's heart so they just went ahead and did it yeah <laughs> they just I, I think they play uh play games with all the the roulette of contracts and players and stuff like that and uh on the practice squad and off the practice squad there's a big difference you know getting a m- minimum salary versus uh, a decent contract for sure we're we're gonna pay the price this year and uh in uh certain positions like we always do. And, and we just hope that the, 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 the skill guys that we pay a lot are good enough to make up for their mistakes. You know, you hope Wagner is good enough to make up for mistakes at linebacker and the other guys grit and hustle. You hope Jamal Adams blitzing the quarterback, you know, cuts down enough time to where it doesn't expose the corners every time. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, no, that's, that's actually one of my biggest fears this season is, you know, uh, Adams has got this idea that he's a weapon and he wants to, he wants to, he wants 12 sacks this year. I'm like, I don't want him having more than five sacks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've got plenty of pass rush. We need yeah. to, you know, he needs to be in coverage and, and uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd still say 13 and four. I've been right every year, except, every year. Nine, except for 2017 when I yeah. said 11 and five and they entered yeah. chief and went yeah. nine and seven, but lost. Yeah. Several yeah, games. We're 10. Field goals. Our, our over-under is 10. So the Hawks over-under is 10 this year and uh, the Rams and the Niners are both 10 and a half. And yeah, and uh, and the Cardinals are nine. So, mm. you know, we got we got a game bump on the Cardinals and, and they have us at a half game under those guys. So, well, they're all wrong. They they do this to us every year. <laughs> every year. Every year. Our yeah. over under is like nine point five or nine or eight. Or, yeah. And every yeah. year. I mean, I've yep. looked at the schedule five times and I'm like, you know what? I think that this team is better than anyone's kind of expecting. I think we all kind of feel uneasy at cornerback and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but you know, that we have so much more depth than we did last year when yeah. we were 12 and four. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the cor- cornerback thing's a little worrisome, but you know, then again, I mean, Carol's pretty good with DBs. I, I'm more concerned with Adams just sort of sticking to playing box safety a little bit more and excelling at that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he just, likes to. He doesn't like to, like, he doesn't like to either. Like he likes, he likes to, he likes to sniff out the quarterback. Like he likes to delay, 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 get in there. You know what I mean? And delay blitz. And, and he likes to be that playmaker. I'm not sure he's going to sit back. Like, you know, early used to blitz when, when he was told to blitz, but most of the time sat back and was able to cover sideline to sideline. Whereas Jamal's kind of a torpedo. And last year when we couldn't rush the quarterback, like it was awesome to have him in there and to get in there because it wreaked havoc. But like you said, this year we got better pass rushing. At least we should. Oh, and we God, need yeah. a little different role from him. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to adapt that way where he's, he's not forcing the action like he's used to doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think we got 50 sacks this year. I mean, I, and, and that's with nobody in double figures. Yeah. I mean, if you figure like Dunlop's <laughs> good for nine and, and yeah. Hyder's good for seven, and then you just start adding it up. Mayo, uh, the rest of the guys get four or five. Bobby Wagner gets four. Jamal Adams gets five, six. You're, 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 you're over 50 sacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we do we have to watch Trey Flowers? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, it's looking that way. I mean, we picked that. You know, I mean, I, I don't. Didn't he Jones? Nice. Him. He's a nice solid pickup for us. Like he's not great, but I'll take it. Right? He'll yeah, play some good I, downs for us. Who's that? I wonder if Didn't we're going to do more man and press coverage this year with the corners. Is what I'm wondering. You know, man. You know, because normally it, it's just of all the position groups to be just 
making late pickups, knowing Carol and his his you know his philosophy, it just seems like unless they're gonna you know remember it used to be well we can't bring anybody in until they know the kick step and like now it's just yeah. like hey he's five eight and a half but he's athletic. Yeah. I mean so <laughs> like uh, I I just don't I kind of think we're gonna do more man press coverage this year a little. I mean I'm just I hope just so. a guess. I hope so. Here's if, if, if Jamal's willing to play some defense in the yeah, here, here's where I think we get in a little bit of problem playing two linebackers and we have an over eager safety in Jamal Adams. If we press, you know, our backside's exposed for the deep ball. So well, making your backside's get off the line. usually exposed, Tim. Tell your mom to shut up. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I'll but tell yeah. you, man, it, uh, it, it, the, you, you know, you talk about what you like during the preseason, what you don't like during the preseason. And, 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 and for me, you know, I, I, I was just excited because we were going to have a preseason this year. Right. And, and, um, and then guys started getting injured and I was like, God, do we really need it? Right. I mean, you, you know, you start losing, not, not necessarily the Seahawks, but other teams start losing good players. And, and, and then you start wondering, you know, do we need it? And, and then you see JK Dobbins go down the other night, you know, a great young player for, for the Ravens. And, and I'm like, man, you know, you, you really start second second guessing a lot of the preseason stuff. And why did he have to be in there, right? Why is he even playing, right? I um, certain coaches like just to win. Cody Barton can shine. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's what I was gonna say. Like, like, that. like that. Cody dude, Barton needs to look like every year. He's got to look like God. This guy can play linebacker in this right, league. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> what about the linebacker on the Seahawks? I forget his name. Um, first play down off the kickoff, no contact, tore his ACL up. You know, and oh. it's just like. That was oh, heartbreaking. Urban? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, hey. The old Husky. Good player. What do you think of I, I, this, this, uh, this Darrell Taylor at Leo thing makes me a little uneasy too. Yeah, like, me too. I mean, he's got such great bend. I really like watching him. I mean, he's got more bend than Javion Clowney does. I mean, like watching him come off the edge and bend like that. I'm like, he looks like a great pass rusher, but he's a 280 pound guy that doesn't have a lot of experience in, in coverage. And I, I know they want to get him on the field, but like, you know, I just sometimes I love Pete and John. I always stand by him. I'm always like the homer. I always, you know, I nobody else is saying 13. You, you are the homer, but right. a lot of times you're right. So there you have it. <laughs> Here's what I think. I think our player development is suspect at times. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. we're just the smartest guy in the room. I mean, how many times has it ever really worked? I mean, you know, maybe if Marquise Blair is great in the slot, we can say that worked. But like how many times has it worked with like underwhelming or no – you know, and all it does is sort of sidetrack some poor guy's career, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I think Darrell Taylor's not going to look good at Leo to me. He's He may be well, athletic, but, I mean, he's not going to bring what a veteran brings to the table in terms no. of coverages. And, and, and So we're just kind of crowded. I don't it's, know where we, all we are a, would have even gone. We are a victim of our superstars, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, we, we have these high-priced superstars, right, that we pay a ton of money, and we hope that their strengths – mixed with some of these other guys is enough and better than that's why he likes two other hungry, dudes hungry you guys. know over there and that's that's always the trade-off i mean that's why we sit here with guys and we're sitting here going oh what the fuck we're we gonna get it with our offensive line you know what i mean every year we're always worried about the line you know what i mean because we don't spend any money on the line so it, it's always a little bit of the same conversation but it's the trade-off of russell getting so much money or you know or somebody else getting you know signed a new contract and, and that's kind of how the seahawks have always done it and, and you're right they've always relied on on their scouting and their player development to, to make up for those holes. And we've always done a good job in those mid later rounds and the years when we don't, that's when we struggle because we, we rely on that. We count on it, you know? Yeah. We, I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, waivers I like, too. 
Yeah, I was gonna say that you know I always look at everything like a fantasy draft, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gee, well, DJ know Reed was a great pickup, right? And we got what's that? DJ Reed was a great pickup last year for us. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Absolutely. that was great foresight too. I mean, it was a it was a he took a flyer, but it's like we had to wait what nine weeks or something before he could play. Right. But, and we're kind of all assuming he's going to be some kind of lockdown corner for us. I hope that's the case. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we so haven't too. seen much in preseason. Hey, um, let's try to be a little bit um, organized here and start with a quarterback. Because um, we have millions of thoughts and we could be all over the page and up all day talking about this if we don't. Yeah. I want to start with Russ and the offseason that he had and his comments. I think what has hurt us with his leadership this year is Quandre Diggs and, uh, you know, the left tackle being holdouts. It's your leader has said that I have a deadline. I need to get paid X amount of money. And that kind of starts the status quo for the superstar. Now we're got mm-hmm. we have guys under contract that aren't coming out to play, um, because they want more money. And has that set a bad precedent for this club? I don't think it's a precedent at all, is it? I mean, you know, everybody everybody wants a new contract when they're in their last year of their contract. And honestly, I don't think either of those guys are going to hold out. And I'm 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 betting they both get signed. I don't know if Dwayne Brown's going to get three years. They might do something with like two years and a third void year or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. I don't think there's any way after, you know, the tumult mm-hmm. of this offseason, they're going to put Russell out there with, you know, Stone Forsyth at left yeah. tackle i don't care what your scheme is you know yeah, what i mean a little right. too big you got guys running between his legs i mean it's yeah uh, so i mean i think it's gonna happen i think it, it's one of those domino things Dwayne brown probably creates cap space and that you know i it, think it, it's, really- it, it's a testament to our player development and scouting we bring guys in undervalued and they come in for a value for us and then they over exceed what we're paying them and then they either can stay with us or they end up going looking for the greener pasture, you yeah, know, Frank I mean, Clark. we we've done, yeah, we've done a great job with that. I mean, Averill was another one. Like we, we brought in guys that for a cheap, a price that they come in and they overachieve Dwayne Brown's a good example of it. Like he's going to, you know, if we take him great and we're able to resign him awesome, I think we will. Right. Dig same thing. It's, it's not like these are guys that, that we drafted, you know? So I think a lot of times it's a testament to who we bring in. And the and you can make an argument that Andre Diggs is the best defensive player on our team last year. Yeah. I mean, he's a ball hawk. Yeah, Not yeah, only yeah. is he he loves to hit, but I mean that you know he's always around the ball. He had a ton yeah. of pass breakups. What five interceptions in twelve games or something? Yeah. I mean, I think he is undervalued, and if we can get him for eleven million dollars, I think we'd be wise to. Yeah, yeah. You think we should commit to him longer term? I do. The kind yeah, of defense we play, we have to. We, 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 the kind of defense yeah. we play, we, we need ball hawks. I mean, we need guys that make plays in the ball. I mean, period. That's, and that's, that's always kind of been our thing before we used to play the physical defense. We had the long arms, you know, we had the six, three guys, six, four with the long arms. And, and we were always in there. Anybody that's a ball hawk and is on the guy is our kind of defender in the, in, in the kind of defense we play when we leave them on an Island by themselves. Yeah. Especially in center field. I mean, we haven't, yeah. we've tried for, you know, five years to replace Earl Thomas. Oh, you know, he's what he was the key to, a, you know, our cover two defense. Why it was yeah. so good is because that guy could go sideline to sideline and Diggs is the closest thing we've seen. Yep. Um, and I uh, think he compares rather well when you add to the fact that they love him in the clubhouse. They, you know, yeah. they, they almost had a, you know, when Detroit, when Detroit traded him to us for what, like a six round pick or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. uh, they, they that was ridiculous. In Detroit that was ridiculous. Yeah. They had mutiny in the Detroit, you know, locker room because he was so popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Matt Stafford didn't want to be there either. It's, it's 
certain places you don't want to be like Houston and Detroit. Those are squads you don't want to play for nope. at this point. Um, Legion of Boom, though, geez, how hard have they fallen? You know, Browner's in prison for a long time. <sighs> Richard Sherman's losing his nut domestically. Uh, <clears throat> our, our safety there, King Earl, is nowhere in the NFL right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a long way from then. So I'd like to recapture that magic a little bit. Hey, I thought Geno Smith looked really good preseason. That was one guy that, to me, stood out. Like, he understands offense beautifully, and, and he can move and looking sharp with the ball, and he's a good leader. What do you guys think? Let, let, let me ask you both a question. We're 4-1. and one. Russ gets down. He's down for who knows how long. The, the season, let's say. Okay. We rolling with Geno or are we trading? Right? I don't think Gino was acceptable, but if we're four and one or we're in the hunt, I don't think we're relying on Gino one effing bit. Can he get us through two or three games? Sure. For that price, 400 grand or 400 quarter, whatever he's making. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, like, I don't think there's any question that we go after somebody, you know, maybe it's a backup, but maybe it's a Nick Foles, maybe it's a whoever, right. To help us make a run. If we're four and one and he's out for the season, I don't think we rely on Gino who, do, do you guys see it any differently than that? Well, you no, I question. just see, I just watch preseason football <laughs> yeah. and I see that this guy obviously is a veteran, you know what I mean? Versus watching Alex Magoo, just as far as a decision-making standpoint, I feel all right with Gino coming in in the fourth quarter with a 20 point lead and yeah. managing the game. <laughs> I think he can manage Taking the a game better than a young quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, a game manager isn't going to get, no matter what they say about Russ in his first year, a game manager is not going to get us through, especially not with this offense. Yeah. I mean, but geez, who's out there? I mean, you know, maybe Cam, Cam Newton will be out there. So I don't even want to think about that. How, I how, don't either. Shame on you, Ian. Hey, <laughs> you know, you can't even that's taboo, hey, I'm just, man. yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just saying like, cause I was watching the same thing and I was talking to my buddy's a Jets fan, right? He's been a Jets fan forever. Poor guy. And he's like, I can't believe Gino Smith is still in the league. And, and it's, and we had this exact conversation yesterday. He and I did. And I'm like, well, he's kind of a game. He kind of hangs in there. He's a great teammate. He's really good in the locker room. And all those things are great and tangible for 425,000 bucks. Like that's awesome. But I'm not sure the whole team's riding on him that that's the horse that we're, you know, that we're taking. Well, yeah, but in. what second? Well, I mean, what what team has a second string quarterback that's going to. Well, that's why I say, like, I mean, I, whoever I, has like, Nick Foles. Like, like a Foles. Like, I mean, there's whoever not, has not Nick a million. Sure. Guys. I mean, but he's, but, or but, I'm Fitzpatrick, maybe. I mean, wherever yeah. he's, I don't know what his situation yeah. is. Yeah. WTF. I mean, look, every, every year somebody's able to get somebody who, who who's on the outs. And and if, I, if I'm the Hawks, like, I have this pretty damn good team that Johnny thinks is going to win 13 games. If all I have to do to maybe shore up 11 of those wins, if Russ goes down is to maybe grab this dude over here and we'll still make the playoffs. Like that's our Achilles. That's our real Achilles heel. I mean, obviously anybody who loses their starting quarterback, you're in trouble. I mean, across the NFL, that's probably true. We're us more so than fucking anybody. I mean, really? I think I think we're better off than most people just because we at least got a guy that's not going to throw four interceptions and four possessions. You know what I mean? Yeah. He may not get a first down, but he's not going to turn. Yeah. I mean, I just think <laughs> I just think he plays the game more like a veteran. I, I, I right. mean, and yeah, I, no, we're not going to win. A, certainly not going to win a playoff game. You're not going to make the playoffs. But I mean, I really can't think of anybody who I'd I feel mean, that way. Would you trade for a Fitzmagic? Yes, I would. 
Right? I think he's going to have a great, he's in a great situation to be uh, successful this year though. Yeah, but he's just, you know what I mean? Look, if he can be the starter for us, he's the starter for the Redskins, and all of a sudden they're halfway through and they're fucking two and three or they're three and two, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, if we need a quarterback, sure. But that's going to be a pretty rough transition, bringing him in, having to learn Waldron's, you know, intricate system. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. Oh, I you. The illusion of complexity or whatever, it's still complexity if you're a quarterback. That's what I when I watch when I watch Russ play or I watch the top five or six quarterbacks in our league play and then I watch everybody else. I yeah. see what a huge chasm there is mm-hmm. and, and how much of it is really mental. Like, I mean, I go, you know, we can all agree that Tom Brady is not the most giftedly athletic quarterback in any way, shape or form. But he knows defenses and he knows he he he. he he doesn't let his ego get in the way in the sense that he will take what the defense gives him every time. I sometimes even worry about Russ in this respect. We have a new system, which is supposed to have all these out routes and, you know, all these, all these, you know, short medium options. I still can imagine a world where Russ holds the ball too long because he's just sure he can hit that home run. Yeah, that's open. That's open. Cause we've all seen so many open receivers in the past that he just passes on you know, and for a while we're like, does he not see him because he's 5'11 or, right. uh, but, but I honestly think it's cause I mean, I think he's an elite quarterback, but I mean, I, the only time we've seen him really get rid of the ball fast was 2015. And that's cause he didn't want to get injured. He was scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could see yeah. him. He was rabbit scared. He did a beautiful job. I think that's a little different than going through your progressions. And you know what I mean? I think he was looking to dump the ball off right Mm -hmm. away. I -hmm. still think he's looking for a home run and I hope that we can fully implement Waldron's system to the best of its potential. Mm -hmm. And Russ has to be all in on that. You know what I mean? And I think he needs to operate outside the pocket. You know, you, you talk about vision and height and all that stuff. If you get a guy like Forsyth as a left tackle and he's eight foot 10, you know, Mm -hmm. Russ is going to see much behind his big butt, you know, so he's got to get outside the tackles a little bit to, to operate. Every year it gets tougher for him because he gets slower, right? The competition still stays fast. They have young linebackers, young D linemen. He's had a tougher and tougher time on the, on the, uh, on, on running, even the read options, you know, you used to see him get that read option. He'd be able to get outside. He doesn't get outside anymore unless they just bite, you know, hook, line and sinker. He has a tougher time outrunning those guys to the outside now and they contain him a lot better, which is why I think this offense is a good fit for him. You know, uh, you know, a lot of the big plays he's made in the past have been outside the pocket and and, and that's that's his game. It's just getting a little tougher each year for him to get outside the pocket because he is getting a little slower each year. He's Uh, but uh, to the read option thing, he used to keep the football, too. You know, what I mean, he never he used to sell it. I mean, this is underrated. He used to sell it where I'm watching TV and I'm going, did he keep it or did he? And now (laughs) it's just he's just phoning it in. I swear to God, I don't buy, you know, as a fan, I'm on the couch like that. That was not. Uh, you know that why bother if you're just gonna lose right you know? i mean <laughs> i mean so, i think he needs to use his legs still i think that if he doesn't use it i mean he does in emergencies but i mean i mm-hmm. think we ought to do safe designed runs at time just to right. really keep him honest i mean i know he's not fast but i mean theoretically he's smarter he's going to be able to see gaps sooner mm-hmm. he's going to understand the team and be yeah. able to anticipate where there's going to be an opportunity better uh, even w- even with just the defensive alignment at the line of scrimmage to audible something, I know it's a professional decision. I know we don't want him to get hurt, but he's so good at not getting hurt. Just once in a while, I'm not saying you know I'm not talking about running him like Lamar Jackson in any way, yeah. shape, or form, or mm-hmm. Cam Newton. But like I've just noticed that I mean, out of 12 read options, 
he he, he doesn't keep one anymore. Right. He, yeah. He, he didn't like to give it. Yeah. I hear you. And there's something like to be four, said four about being... nobody knew what to do. Everybody's back on their heels. Is he going to keep now? Right. Everyone, I don't even think it's anyone. Not an option. That. It's that right. Which, which takes something away from us. But I, I think that, that, that being mobile inside the pocket is, is, is underrated too. And I think that there's a lot he can do that way too, without having to outrun somebody to the outside where he's just mobile inside the pocket. You see guys like Brady or Rogers and you know, yeah. who are, you hey, know, who aren't the most well. mobile guys, but they, they understand how to step up in the pocket, step to the side in the pocket by themselves that extra second or half second. And it's um, it, it separates those quarterbacks when they get older because the guys that can figure out how to do that when they're older can still be successful. And the ones that can't, uh, those are the ones that are done earlier, you know. Right. And to Russ's credit, we've watched him learn that. He wasn't good in 2012 at stepping up in the pocket. I mean, Mm-mm. his pocket awareness has gotten better. A lot uh, better. Yep. Much better. I mean, he's, his first impulse used to be to, to run, you know what I yep. mean? Or just get out of the pocket. But yeah, so I have confidence. I just, that's the one thing I worry about is that just him, I want to see them. I want to see death by a thousand paperbacks, three or four drives a game, a thousand yeah. paper cuts three right, or four yeah. times a game. You know what I mean? I do want to see him just march down the field. What was that movie? That was uh, Kevin. Now, you you don't get to just run by death Horrible by a boss. thousand paperbacks. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I don't even know what that's like. Thank God I've never had a book <laughs> remaindered. That's what they do when your books are remaindered. They actually destroy them. I never got one myself after seven books and, and, and oh. all these years. I've never got one, thank God. But usually they send you a note that says, listen, we're letting your book go out of print and expire. We still have 7,000 copies. Do you want to buy them for 10 cents each? I've never got oh. that letter. Thank God. Yeah, that's funny. Um, that's by a thousand paperbacks yeah, Whew, yeah. That's, that's not Freudian yeah, but you I know think- what I mean I just want to I really want to see the offense operate so that we really can hit those home runs I just keep having this nightmare where it's like Russ is is going through the progressions and passing on the shorter stuff because he's still convinced he's going to get DK or Tyler yeah. over the top yeah. and he's going to lose the opportunities and we're going to be right back where we started but obviously I'm betting that he's not going to do that because I do believe 13 and four. And I know everyone thinks I'm crazy, but they thought I was crazy when I said 12 and four last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think we got rid of Alex Magoo because of his off field uh, bar fight or is it because he's blind and playing a character of Mr. Magoo Four turnovers in four possessions was a pretty persuasive argument. Yeah. So Shane yeah. Waldron brought in Sean uh, Mannion and he, he looked okay. You know, I, nothing horrible about him, but how did how does he make this roster? Is it just strictly as a, uh, a practice player for uh, pretending he's a quarterback he, of the other team? I think he would have passed. I think he would have, he would have cleared waivers. Um, I, I think ultimately we need to sign a veteran receiver. We only have four in the roster. I think we're going to sign somebody, hopefully a, a John Brown who's available now. Hey, David um, no, Moore thanks. was released. He was, yeah. So there you go, yeah. right? So Knows the system. He was already our yeah. number three. Right, I mean, right. So, soon, so, so I think, I think Mannion's a guy that I think Good they point, hold John. out as a, as a, as a chip um, that, that they can use that roster spot potentially uh, because keeping four means we have to sign another receiver. And so that's a good call on more. I mean, that, that's a, that's a great example. Bring him back in. He already knows the system and now he's, you know, and, and, and he's now our fifth receiver. And yeah, I, I like think that him. would make a lot of sense. 
But I, I'm oh, just the thing with Manning probably our is, seventh look, is, receiver when you yeah, work in the running backs and the tight ends. Yeah, right, I mean, right. But the thing with Manning is, is, is that he knows the offense so well, and and is, as Walden's trying to teach the other guys the offense, you have another guy that can help explain things. You know, if 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 you know um, if if Manning's over there talking to the receivers about it or the tight ends about some some sort of play call or something like that, it's almost like having another guy that's been in that offense before that can help you coach uh, that offense to the rest of the team. And I think there's some comfort with that, but. I mean, he's – I was really surprised he he made the cut and that we only kept four receivers. Well, some people thought he was, looked better than Gino, so who knows? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not an expert. but I don't know. I could look good handing the football off or throwing it in the flat, checking down into the flat seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. I could yeah. do that Yeah. once or twice before right. they pulverized me. Yeah. <laughs> before you throw four picks? Excuse me one second, okay? Well, so everything's, everything's been good, Johnny. Everything's been great, man. I got kind of, uh, I've been really busy. I got two books come out and, and I'm in the middle of the period between two books coming out in seven months. Oh my gosh. Sounds like a good thing. It's actually a terrible thing. They're going to, the, the first one kind of got cannibalized, but I had no choice because I, I, I moved to Penguin and, yeah. and uh, so. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So it's a different publisher and, and, you know, they, they're giving me a huge rollout for, for the next book. So it should take me to a whole nother level. One Got would it. hope. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer for the last book. I mean, it's critically yeah. well-received and everything, but like what happens is you can't, I couldn't get the coverage, the national coverage I usually get for this book. Cause it's all going to get hogged up by the next book. Right. You, you, you know, all I heard in all of that, the register ringing, that's all. That's, that's the only thing that I heard in all of that conversation was a register ringing. Cha-ching. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the mini mart where I'm lining up to yeah. buy tall boys, dude. It ain't yeah. that right. But I'm a big fish in a small pond, man. They made me it. three friends. You have three. Can you name three friends that bought a book within the last year? Yeah, me neither. Nobody buys uh, them. My kid, Dallas, he buys That's anime great. books. Yeah, not many. Uh, yeah, it's hard to sell books. I'm doing all right. Yeah. I feel very lucky. Yeah. But, you know. When we talk about free agents and football, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, Jesus. I think books are kind of like uh, wax. You know, nobody buys a record anymore and everybody wa- reads a book online somehow. It's yep. tough. We still, right, well, we still sell a few we? fantasy mags, but not many. Um, yeah, those fantasy mags are thick, but they're all the same information, just last. Well, yeah, because they put it out and they, they make it all the same because they all, they all have to put the information in in March. So in, when you're putting it in in March, so they can print the thing in, you know, April, right. To put it out in May or June, whatever, a couple months later, it's like, it's just, I mean, it's, it, it makes it really impossible. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Well, and that, and then there's like a, a friend of mine has uh, five different fantasy magazines he puts out and mm-hmm. a lot of it's the same material. It's just kind of jumbled Recycled around and mixed up and, you know, so. Change the chapters. <laughs> chapter three is yeah. now chapter two. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, yeah. you start this guy first instead of fourth and you, you, you kind of jumble the order of the guys. <laughs> Well, you, you must be going nuts too. Every time somebody asks you to get into a fantasy game and have your pick on a national stage or something. Yeah. You know, um, it's like, so on Friday I'm doing a, I, I have some uh, interviews set up where I'm doing some um, uh, stuff on TV. Usually I do a bunch of TV stuff with uh, right before drafts or the last weekend of drafts. And I'm doing one, a couple in Vegas and, and I have one on Friday in Vegas and I, I have to actually do a draft review of their draft. So they sent me the Fox five team sent me their draft board. Okay. Their, their whole newsroom and everybody's, and they sent me the draft board 
and with no names. And so I'm supposed to do a draft review of who has the best team, who has the worst team. <laughs> and then I go on to, and then I go on their show on Friday morning and I have to disclose who I think has the best team and who has the worst team and what they all need to do. And, you know, for all I know, I'm telling the dude who I'm talking to, he has the worst team of anybody in the drafts and how terrible it was, you know? So um, I do a lot of that kind of stuff, um, you know, where I do draft reviews or they want me to be in a draft and then they want me to do a review of it after the draft and that kind of stuff. It's, I mean, it's fun. Um, but there's just, there's just really a lot of, a lot of noise, uh, in the fantasy industry, a lot, a lot yeah. of noise. And so the tricky part is not to be influenced, um, by people that, um, don't have a track record of winning or being accurate. Right. Because, you know, any, any clown can sit and listen to, uh, Matthew Barry or field Yates, you know, yeah. on ESPN. But the reality is, is those guys don't have a clue. They're terrible fantasy players. They've never won a league in their lives. Uh, they may have won the ESPN league or whatever, but I mean, honestly, like when they've played in the world championships or other ones, they just, they lose, you know, it's just, so there, there's yeah. just lots and lots of noise. So I always make the, I always make the comment that all experts aren't created equal. <laughs> right. I would be uh, terrible. I I'm terrible. I just negotiated a deal for myself this morning and I was terrible. I'm horrible, really? man. Yeah. I'm, te- I, I, I'm good at predicting real football, but I just tell you what, man. You should I'm get just, on and use our trade calculator. I'm done, man. I need a guy. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to, I need your brain to negotiate. I'm just you gotta, terrible. You got to use our trade. We have, we have, we have, we have things like we built like, like little tools to make it easy for you. Right. So we have a trade calculator. So yeah, it's hard for you to figure out. So you put in the trade calculator and, and whether it's a dynasty league or, or a one-year league and a redraft, whatever you put the names in the, tra- in the dynasty cal- or in the trade calculator and it tells you who's getting the better value. Yeah. You know? I just always go with the eye test. I watch yeah. players play and I like them. You know what I mean? With baseball, yeah. it was, I was pretty good at fantasy baseball because it was all about stats for me anyway. Oh, yeah. Baseball was just more statistically like yeah. with, with fantasy, man, I, I just don't like, I never caught on to the football thing. Yeah. I, I just, cause you want to hear something amazing about baseball. Um, so about fantasy baseball. So there's lots and lots of really high end data companies that do lots of baseball stuff. Right. And they, and they sell the data and they sell all the information and spray charts and, 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 and data on the pitchers and the hitters to all the teams, right. Whether it be MLB teams or college teams or whatever. And it's, it's um, I mean, it's all cool stats and everything. And you get to look at it and everything. What is unbelievable to me is, is we keep all of our stats on an app called game changer game changers for youth baseball right? Little league, youth baseball and youth select baseball. Okay. The number of data points that they create based on you inputting, it's basically a digital scorebook ground out to the shortstop on a fastball, right? Fly out to center field on a curveball, Right. And so it tracks what the hitter does. It tracks what they do on certain counts. It tracks what the pitcher does. Like, dude, it spits out the most unbelievable stats that are better than so many of the analytics companies that are doing it for baseball and selling it, selling the information to teams. I can literally give them so much more information. I showed some of our guys in our office this and, uh, and they couldn't believe all the information I could get on everything from, from swing and miss percentage to first strike percentage to your batting average on fastballs to your batting average on sliders to, I mean, literally everything. It's unbelievable. And it's all from game changer, a youth baseball app. (laughs) And you realize that the guys that are great at the game also, like the greatest hitters in the game, for instance, yeah. like Ted Williams or Tony Gwynn or Edgar, they got all that stuff mentally only with oh, yeah. their own at bats. But right. like the stories about Ted Williams. Yeah. He struck me out in 1951. It was yeah. two and two pitch. It was a slider right. going away. Yep. It was a March 7th. It was a spring training game. I mean, it's like, uh, it's not, it yeah. really is tendencies as you know, as an athlete, yep. 
Yep. You know, knowing the opponent's tendencies is so huge. Yep. That's why so much of quarterbacking is mental, is just mm-hmm. being able to recognize tendency. And you see these athletic quarterbacks that are 6'5 that come out of college where they look great because, you know, they're bigger and better and more athletic Marcus than Russell, all the right? guys they play with. Yeah. They yeah. get in that professional league and they don't have that mental I think it's I think it's an underrated aspect of all athletics. Even it, it, you know, it's even hard. Boxing. I mean, you, you know, people are either here, here. One thing I've noticed from from um, all the athletes I've been around, and, and and there's a lot of tons of D1 guys, tons of guys that are getting drafted, and it's funny. Some guys are just good enough to not care. And when I say don't get not care, I don't mean not practice. I just mean not be intellectually curious to always get better, right? And they're just naturally damn good. They have amazing hands, their hand. I mean, it's just, you're like, oh man, it's just not fair. And you can count those guys on a, on, in one hand in each, in each class, high school class. And then all the other people, the ones that are intellectually curious thrive. And every year they continue to get better and better and better and better. And the ones that just continue to play continue to be raw. They never get developed fully because they're not intellectually curious at their core. It's really interesting. And so, you know, the guys that are always trying new stuff in real time, they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to, to learn new things, to ask another pitcher about their grip on a changeup, right? Or, or how you throw this or how you like to set somebody up. And, and they're always trying to dig around in this quest to get better and smarter, like you're talking about um, on the football field. And no position other than quarterback right on the field receiver, same way, reading the defense in real time and being on the same page with your quarterback who's reading the same thing. It's fascinating. And the players that are willing to open their brain and be massively intellectually curious, they thrive and, and quarterbacks that aren't, and you look at it and, and, and look, they do that test. What were what the, uh, the Wonderlick test or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's accurate. I think that's, you know, it's kind of, but you know what? that doesn't mean all kind of testing is bad. And it, it, it's interesting to know. And that'd be one of the thing criteria that I'd have if I was a GM and I was drafting a quarterback coming in would be to, to, to try and figure out from their coaches and their teammates, what is the level of intellectual curiosity that this person has? Because it's one thing. Yeah. I'm going to study the playbook. Well, that's freaking great. But you know what? The plays break down halfway through all the time and you better have an idea or an understanding and be able to ask questions to understand how to adapt to that in real time. And if you don't, you're going to be Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And I mean, it, it, I mean, we apply it to everything else. We apply it to actors and artists and writers and, you know, the same thing applies. Those that don't push themselves, who aren't trying to get better each time out, those that have success with one book and then they try to follow it up with the same book and it doesn't, you know what I mean? You got to, but it's an underrated part of athleticism, I think. And, and we were talking about it earlier. We were talking about quarterbacks. It's just that to me, that's the ultimate demarcation line of the elite quarterback is how mm-hmm. well, you know, how much better are they their fifth year in the league than their first year in the league? And, and, and how, how we, and we've watched Russ evolve. And, and that's why I love him because he's shown, he's shown this ability to grow and adapt and. Yep. The play breaks down, right? It, it just breaks down all the time. And when it breaks down, how do you adapt? What do you do? Look at Aaron Rodgers. We call it's the it same kind offense. of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's the play is going to break down and, and the, and the smart guys and, and Russell is a smart, intellectually curious guy. He's always trying to get better and learn. And, and that's why he's able to ad lib plays. He knows in his head, if I break outside the pocket my first, second, third read aren't open and it turns into a, you know, a, a recess play, 
I got a 40% chance to probably throw a touchdown here. Yeah, <laughs> because he goes over that. You know what I mean? He works on that with the receivers. I mean, they it's do awesome. that breakdown drills constantly. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think uh, Fitzmagic's had such a long career because he's yeah. always on a poor team. He scored the highest Wonderlick test of all time. And he's always running for his life. And the play mm-hmm. is always breaking down. Yep. And yet, I don't know if you saw that play last year when his helmet was just turned completely around. And he still threw a dime like 40 yards down the field just because yeah. mentally he was checked in so well. Yep. He's a magnificent bastard. I love him, man. I yeah, love him. He's Handsome like, man. He's just, you can't not love the guy. I mean. Yeah. Well, he plays with heart. You, yeah. you, you, you take that brain and you play with that kind of heart. Like, I mean, he's a great guy to have in the locker room. That's why like a guy like that is a, is a backup quarterback or somebody else like in your mm-hmm. locker room is just invaluable. And he always comes in. He's the kind of guy that comes in. If he's here for four games, you, you're going to go three and one. Like he's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Now the next three you may lose because, you know, people start doing because he starts kind of evening out. But like he's lightning in a bottle that way. He comes in and, and he'll save you in the fourth quarter or third quarter if, you're, if your team's down or if your quarterback gets hurt. And, you know, I, I just love guys like that. Me too. There's not very many of them. I mean, most starting quarterbacks can't do that. Nope. Already. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, God I mean, there's just so magic. few good quarterbacks. There really are. That's what I realized. It, it just, you watch football, you watch Kirk cousins and you know, his stats look okay, but you realize in a way he's just a game manager. Yeah. I, I just, the more I watch him, I realize that he can't carry a team on his back. Nope. He could nope. put up numbers that look like Russ's, but it, when you watch him play the football game, it's just, he's, I don't shout out to the best, uh, of the best there is uh, Alex Smith, you know, coming back from injury and he is the best game manager I've seen in the NFL. He was great. Trent Dilfer was great. He got a Super Bowl out of it an MVP out of it. Um, you see uh, Dilfer the other day yelling at his kids, sit down, yeah. sit down. Yeah. yeah. I watched his podcast. On. I didn't know about the yelling at the kids, but I watched his quarterback podcast with Troy Aikman and man, he had his head so far up Troy Aikman's butt, man. It was uh, <laughs> Troy Aikman was just eating it up, man. Troy Troy Aikman way longer. Aikman would have done that podcast all day long. Dilfer yeah. was just brown nosing him. So we got a new offensive coordinator from the Rams in uh, Waldron, and a big part of that was bringing over Gerald Everett in the tight ends. I thought we would be gearing up to running two tight end system a little bit more often, not so much a third uh, receiver, let alone – you know, having five or six receivers, I thought tight end would be a bigger part of the game, but it doesn't seem like it is preseason wise. And then I look at the quality of players, you know, Will, Will Disley is really good, but he's had a history of, you know, being injured a lot. And Colby Parkinson is another one of these guys that gets drafted and we never see him play for the first couple of years. And we don't know what we have in him. And we seem to perennially want to play. We talk a big game about, we're going to really get the tight ends involved, but it just never it really happen. happens. Even with Jimmy right. Graham, it was not like what we all had hoped. Right. I, I, I think, what is it, the 12 that. personnel where you got the two tight ends? I mean, I, I would expect to see that a lot this year. Yeah, especially but if I, we're going back to running the ball a little bit more, you yeah. know? And then I, I can see running I can the see ball, why don't we have a fullback? You know? I could see a lot of, uh, of Everett lines of four for 28, right? Uh, five for 34, mm-hmm. right? Like like these little six-yard dumpers, these little flare routes. Um I do think we're going to have a lot of two tight end sets. I think it's going to be a package we utilize a lot more and more. I think there's a reason we kept five running backs 
um, we're going to pound the ball. We, we, we've always run the ball well and we pass off it, which is good. Uh, obviously, our receivers are really good. We're going to run a fly sweep a lot with Eskridge, I think. Probably not a lot, but it's something we're going to add to our game now. And I think that he's going to be really good with that um, from our three receiver sets. But I think we'll run a lot of two receiver sets. I, I think that a lot of guys will cover Everett, leave Disley open. Uh, Disley's a hell of a blocker. Uh, and if we want to run the football, the, NCAA, the year he that, came out, that's right. And if we want to run the football and you have two tight ends in there and both of them are, are receiving threats as well. And you have Lockett on one side with Metcalf on the other. I mean, that's, a, that's pretty tough to defend. I don't know what you're going to do. You know, we got Carson in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, there's a reason we took five backs and I think it's so we can pound the football, really pound the football this year. And I'm looking forward to it. So I, I'd be surprised if we didn't go a lot of two, two tight end sets. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, we kind of learned our lesson about running back depth last year hard, you know, I mean, it yeah, just, it was so brutal at the end. Yeah. Pro size, Penny, like they just like dominoes. They fell. And they <laughs> well, let's don't... talk about Penny. Yeah. You know, I still believe in him. I, fe- I, I feel like he's been playing scared. He's mm-hmm. pro size like 2.0. Dynamic. I love his lateral movement. I think he's explosive. I think he could condition better, but you know, I'm a fat middle-aged alcoholic. So yeah. what do I know? You know, um, I think Alex Collins at this point has earned the uh, has earned the backup role. I mean, uh, I agree with that. But I still, you, I, I still, I still believe. I've seen enough flashes of Penny. I just feel like if he didn't first, he just got injured. And now he he just looks like he's running scared and indecisive. You got say so you've got an opinion. I want to know it, Ian. What is? It? Oh, I'm just I, I I'm with you. Look, I think Alex Collins outplayed him. Right. And, and, yep. and, and, you know, Penny, Penny was breaking runs before he got hurt as kind of a pudgy dude and he just never looked in shape. And so, you know, the, you know, the, the one thing you can gauge on other than preseason work, which is kind of up and down, depending on who's blocking for you and what the call is, is, you know, did you come in ready to play? And, and supposedly this year, his weight's down to what it was, you know, when he got to college. And so he's, he's playing at a lighter weight. So that tells you that he knows it's his last gasp of, uh, of, of an attempt here. Um, he was a first so round I'm, pick, I'm just right? interested to see how the whole thing plays out because like you look, uh, Alex Collins outplayed him, but Alex Collins has played enough to know that we know what Alex Collins is. Right. I mean, um, Penny still I don't has think we the know higher ceiling. Is. Right. What's that? Fair, to say, fair to say Penny still has the higher ceiling. Yes. Yeah. We know it. it. We know what Alex Collins is. Collins is a good serviceable back. He gives you a good spark when his legs are fresh. You know, if, if he's able to sit on the bench and come in around the end of the year, you know, and his legs are fresh and everybody else is getting a little tired and digged up. He'll be really effective. Um, you know, I hope they give Penny a chance. I mean, I, I, I really do. How field of Chris Carson and uh, Nick Chubb look? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing, man. For Richard right? Penny's forever going to be, you know, we could have Chubb right now. It's, that's amazingly it's poor decision we made. Well, I think <laughs> and they the were the funny thing on... is, is Chubb runs exactly. I mean, he's so much more than Marshawn, you know, know, between the tackles, north to south runner. And that's what they were saying. Well, you know, Penny broke all these tackles. Right. I mean, I like the way Penny runs. I love to watch a running back run like that. But I, that was just another weird, let's overthink it draft choice. Right. They kept yeah. promoting the fact that he was a great kick returner, too. And I'm like, you take a dude in the first round, he's not going to return kicks. Like, can we stop talking about him being a good kick returner? It's so irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. Can, right. The question is, 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 is he going to be able to, you know, carry the load for us? I mean, look, the way Carson runs, and I love the way he freaking runs. I mean, he, he he's lowering that shoulder. He's getting what he can, but it, he's going to get hurt, right? 12 I mean, games, yeah. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, over, games over under on Chris, Carl, Chris Carson, 12 games this year? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly. I mean, if we got 12 games out, it might be ecstatic. I mean, to be honest, so. That's what so, I expect okay, we get, to get. So then after those 12, are you going to, are you going to, are you going to split it with Penny and Collins? 
You know, is, is DJ Dallas or is he going to get a lot more action? He's going to be every third down. You know, it all depends on third down. I mean, I saw um, Travis Homer last year and he would be just side by side with Russell on a throwing down short distance. Russ would have a hard time finding somebody and a big old lineman or a linebacker come in there full heat. Mm -hmm. And Travis was just standing straight up and he didn't move. And he's a small guy, but he has got some strength and power in him. He's he's the guy that's going to protect um, Wilson on third down run, uh, passing plays, I believe. Alex Col- Alex Collins, though, looks super fit right now, and his feet are so much looks, faster, faster than I remember. I mean, I saw yeah. his feet just chopping down, you know, and and working really. His well. hands look like better too. Dude. I mean, he yes. I, I mean he he did a good job catching the football too. If you had asked me before this preseason, I didn't really think of Alex Collins catching the ball out of the backfield much. I thought of him just mm-hmm. running between the tackles more. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did show some dynamism, I think, this year. And, I mean, I think yeah. he looks like a guy who is, who's learning stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of mm-hmm. exciting. It, it, it's funny to think that, in my opinion, it's one of our deepest positions. Obviously, we kept five guys. But I feel good about the number of – like the talent that we have there. But it's also, I feel like, with if Carson goes down, it's our, also, also our most unsettled position. Right. Like there's more questions around it than 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 other spots just because we did keep five guys. They can all look like they can contribute. And I'm with you with Collins, man. He came in and if you'd asked me before the preseason, I'd have been like, well, he's a pretty good player, but he'll probably be the odd man out. I mean, they they you know, they don't expect much out of Homer, but he's pretty good. And they like DJ Dallas a lot. And, mm-hmm. But he came in to earn that spot. And he they were t- absolutely earned that spot. And, and and they and the way Carol normally operates is he rewards that guy that earns that spot with it with, with a little bit of action in the games to see how he'll do. But if they don't really test out Penny, if they don't really test him out, um, then we're shorting him. Like you, you got it. You got to give him a ch- you got to give him a shot. Every running back, to your point, every running back will tell you it's about rhythm. I just need enough yeah. characters to find my rhythm and find my step. And yeah. if we're gonna try to, you know, Carol will be like, well, we're just gonna do it by committee and see who show- shows. Nobody's gonna get in a rhythm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think it needs to be more hierarchical. I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Let's just mm-hmm. like, you know. Let's do it hierarchical so at least whoever's next in line, next man up is getting enough carries to really yeah. get a rhythm and get their confidence and like get yep. some get some reps. I think you yep. can make a case for all of them being third down backs at certain points because if you keep bringing in Travis Homer on third down and short, you know what the play is. It's very mm-hmm. predictable. Um, yeah, we kept six sure. if you count the hybrid uh, – uh, linebacker slash fullback and yeah. Nick Delore. <laughs> Nick Delore is like the luckiest guy in football, though, right? Isn't he? Never has to compete. And now That's he's great. got like, now he's on playing both sides of the ball. And right. special teams. Paycheck. He never gets cut. There's never any, they, they don't even, I mean, when Trey Madden was the last time we even had a competition for him I, that I can remember. It's yeah, he's like, made himself very valuable. Yeah. I mean, and I obviously he's a good teammate and he's great on special teams. Yeah. But there's sometimes you look at that roster spot and you're like, well, I love a fullback, but geez, we don't really use him. You know what I mean? Right. I, Not since Mike if Ross. I want a fullback, give me John yeah. L. Williams, man. I want, yeah. you know what I mean? Let's yeah. go with that wishbone or, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I would really love to see, I mean, Carol likes to reinvent things and change, uh, you know, they've done it several times already, changed tendencies. I mean, why not bring back the fullback? If you're going to pound the rock, it makes more sense. You got all these tight ends that are better receivers than blockers besides Disley. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It makes a lot of sense to me to 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 use your fullback a little more. I oh. thought we should have picked up Marshawn and made a fullback on him. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> he loves to block. He lo- yeah. he looks at it as a personal affront if somebody's yeah. going to try to yeah. get past him. <laughs> and he's got the stockier body. You don't have to be as fast. You just got to be quick. I, I always thought that would have been a great experiment. Like those years we picked him up, it's yeah. like, why not just make a fullback out of it, man? Right. God, I like to imagine two back systems, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You can you can disguise a lot of things out of it. Um, I don't know how old John L. Williams is right now, though, so I don't think we can call him up for that spot. About Brady's age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be older than that. Yeah. I know. Definitely. John L. was great. Yeah. So we got four four receivers, all really good. Were you guys um, surprised that Penny Hart got cut loose? Well, I think we all know he'll make the practice squad. So I wasn't shocked. Uh, I wasn't shocked. I mean, I, but I also I fully expect him to be on the practice squad or even possibly back on the roster at some point. Yeah. I, I was surprised only because originally I tied it with the Mannion. I thought to myself, well, how does Mannion make the roster? And he doesn't, right? He's valuable in special teams and, and he can do other things. But, you know, at the same time, then I, I as I thought it through, I thought, you know what, they're, they're going to bring in a veteran wide receiver. They have better opportunities if you want a wide receiver that can actually contribute. Um, they'll bring somebody else in and, and, and then we'll kind of see. And like Johnny said, we'll, we'll get him on the practice squad. I, in looking at it with the, some of the guys that made it, I was surprised. But looking well, at the bigger, bigger picture, if we bring guys Pete, in, I, I'm not. You know how Pete is. It's a, back to the reward system. Penny yeah. Hart's been great for what? This is his. This he was he was with us the past two years, right? Yeah. And he's flashed in preseason. He's he's yep. worked his butt off on the practice squad. He's been on the roster. Yep. You know, releasing him early is maybe doing him a favor. You know that. I mean, when maybe you get down to this time of year, it almost seems like every day is. You know, they gave him a chance to shine, and the. Uh, yeah. They gave him a chance to shine in preseason. I mean, he got quite a few reps, right? I didn't watch as much as I should have. Uh, mm-hmm. So they showcased him a little, right? And then yeah. they release him early. I think they knew Mannion was a placeholder all along. It yeah. does seem kind of a strange move, but in a way, I think maybe they did him a favor. It, it, if was, we bring somebody in, it makes perfect sense. If we don't bring anybody in, then I'm confused. Yeah. Well, well we did bring the guy. We just we we already dumped him. Mannion got cut before the podcast. Yeah, no, no. I just mean if we don't bring in another uh, another wide receiver. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be David Moore. I like that pick, John. I like it. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a good move. I just feel like you know Pete always has that um, disguise in his speech a bit. Like he was saying, Freddie Swain was outstanding. No, not Freddie Swain, but uh, Hart was outstanding receiver all camp long. You know, in the OTAs, and it was like he was setting him up for some. You know, this is a good player, good player, good player. Get that message out because he knew in the back of his mind that this guy deserves a spot, but he doesn't have a spot here. Was well, it Cason Williams? Who's the UW oh, receiver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that. I mean, he Dragons. was always talking a big game. And so were all the other players about him. Yep. The guy that he – I mean, he was great on the he 50 was great. balls. Didn't create separation. But, yeah, yeah, you, you, you just got to read between the lines. If my yeah. friend Danny O'Neill does that, you know – deciphering Pete segment where like he's yeah, really yeah. good at uh, Pete, Pete, you know, he takes, you play Pete's press conferences and then he, he deciphers the double speak uh, pretty he's well. He's good at that. Yeah, sure. Um, offensive defensive lines, who do you guys like or don't like? I love our depth at the de- defensive line. I mean, it's, they, I mean, it really is the best since, you know, 2012, 13, 14, those years. It's, we haven't had that much depth. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I'm really not that. I mean, as long as we don't get an injury at defensive tackle, I think we're going to be doing. I think you're going to see a slightly different scheme. I think you're going to. I, I really think they're going to finally put their money with their mouth is with this five technique stuff. I think you're going to yeah. see Collier playing inside more. Maybe even Rasheem Green, Kerry Hyder. I think we can move people around. I think we can keep them fresh. I think we can keep offenses guessing. I'm offensive line on paper. It looks great. I don't know what's going to happen at center. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a little. I, I mean, Posick has never made me feel really safe. But at least yeah. now we've got. You know, we got good guards on both sides. That helps. But it's you know, I don't know. Is Fuller the starter? I don't know what the depth chart looks like. Is Fuller the starter? Or is Posick the starter? Yeah, Posick's uh, the starter. Yeah, they got him penciled in. I, and I, and by the way, I'm with you on LJ Collier. I'd like to see him get on the field more, and I'd like them to figure out ways to get him on the field more. I, you know, I want to give a lot of these a lot of these guys that you know an, an opportunity to make plays early in the season, so we see who we can trust. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I trust Damian Lewis. That was a great pick last year. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Let's see how he does with the adjustment to left. Some guys don't do right. it so well. Right. right. He said he hadn't even played. Uh, he played center yesterday or last year for a game, I believe. And uh, he said he had never played center in his life, not even in his youth. We don't even have someone backing him up at left guard. So we'd have to move somebody over from another spot. And I'm not sure who that would be. Cause I mean, we don't even have anybody backing him up. So we're banking on him, mm-hmm. you know, banking on him. <laughs> yeah, Haynes is gone. And you know, something you said a second ago, Ian, about how, wanting to see these younger guys play. I mean, you know, we get a lot of, see, we be in Seattle. I'm such a yeah. homer. We right. get a lot of guff for not having created uh, very many impact players in our last four or five drafts. And so much of that is because people have been stuck behind veterans because Pete, right. who used to be all about letting the young guys play, mm-hmm. has not been the same coach the last five years. I mean, it's right. been really hard for these guys to develop and get the reps they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we started seeing it a little more last year because we were thin. You know what I mean? I thought mm-hmm. Rasheem Green got a better chance and LJ Collier got a better chance to develop mm-hmm. than than they would have two years prior. Yep. Cause some of these guys are probably unknown quantities because they just never even really got a chance to develop because they were stuck behind guys on their third contracts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of them have good pedigree, right? Played at a big school, played in front of big fans, big games, that kind of stuff. And I, was, I trust giving those guys opportunities because they've played in big games and they've played against a lot of these athletes that are the, you know, the top draft picks and things like that for years in the sec or, or other things, you know, and, and so certain guys you look at, you come from smaller schools and you're like, oh man, we're counting on them. I don't know what the hell we're going to get. I mean, that guy's never seen anything like it, right? And he's in these preseason games and the game's moving so fast. And these guys in the SEC are looking around going, yeah, got a small crowd. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, it's quiet, it's small. Like they're just used to, you know, going up against a 375 pound dude who's fast, you know? And so, you know, the more we draft those guys and younger guys, I mean, get them in the game and let them play. I mean, I, I'm excited to see just – around the league, like LSU's got so many receivers in the league now, like that are young and they're going to play on all these different teams. And, you know, you want to see those guys, they're playing against the best talent, Alabama guys that are getting the league, they're playing against the best talent every Saturday and, you know, and a lot of great teams. And so, you know, they tend to contribute when they come in. So, you know, we look at some of our linemen and the ones that comes from big schools like that, like I trust them, you know, I feel, I feel pretty good about them. So I think, yeah, I mean, uh, well, that's big 10. I mean, I was a little surprised. I'm glad they kept Jamarco Jones. I think he's got potential. You know what I mean? I know he hasn't looked that good, but again, he had pedigree somewhat, not SEC, but you know, big 10. And and, uh, he seemed like he's a little undersized, but he seemed like a savvy guy. I I had hopes for him. What did we draft him in the second or third round? I mean, he was, he was when we were heavily investing our draft capital in linemen, he was one of our higher picks. Right. 
Well, and we need him to start really contributing. I mean, the guy, he's a, he's a big cat. He, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, big now isn't big what it used to be, right? Like, you know, the, 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 here, you're talking about a dude who's a little over 300 pounds and, you know, big now is, is, is 350, 360. Um, but you start counting on these guys, you know, they're three, four years in. I don't remember if this is the third or fourth year, but you start counting on guys like that after, after they've been in the league a few years to start fucking contributing. Otherwise, it's just dead weight on your roster. You know, and you're better off bringing somebody else in who has a chance to contribute and see if they can contribute, you know? Yeah, it's 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 funny how it plays out that way. Like uh, if you're a veteran and you can stick around in this league, you can be less talented and, and yep. just be more of an asset to a team just because That's right. what you said, reliability. That yep. that, that, that brings up a question I have for ability. you guys. Um, a guy like that that you talk about, John, is uh, I've always thought is Nico Thorpe. Where is he right now? Well, I think he cleared waivers. I don't think was I don't, he even in camp though, because I didn't. I didn't oh, hear he his was name. in camp. Yeah, no, he got he got cut in the last round. Ah, hadn't heard his word his name mentioned at, at all. I always liked him. He's a oh no no no. I'm I'm thinking of Pierre Desir, huh? Was what? I don't remember. Wasn't Thorpe was on the ninety man roster or something? I thought I don't remember. I thought right. he was. No, maybe maybe I was thinking of Pierre Desir. We'll have to figure it out. Are we are feel, feeling okay with Witherspoon and um, Trey Flowers as our starting corners? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. No. We brought I'm in feeling Sydney good Jones. about that pass rush. I and know. If, yeah. and, and, and if, you know, as long as we got digs back there and if, uh, you know, if, if Adams <laughs> will play his position more, uh, all those things can factor. We could be averaging cornerback and still be a top 10 or even higher defense, but we have yeah. to excel in those other areas. We're, we're going to give up 20 points a game. And it's going to, a lot of it's going to be the corners. I think DJ Reed's pretty good. Um, you know, bringing in Sidney Jones uh, was good. You got, we got good looks at him with the Huskies for a while. He's not a, he's not a, he's not an earth shattering guy, but like, he's a good consistent corner for us. But man, I, I just, uh, please just stop with the Trey flowers experiments. And we just keep going back to Trey flowers and, and like another he, player he, development gaffe, you know, oh, I mean, dude. wasn't he a safety too? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, I don't safety. Yeah, I don't like it a bit. I don't like it a bit. Just be done with it. Move on. Rip the Band-Aid off. Give somebody else a shot. If they can't do it, bring somebody else in. Like, we got to figure it out because we know what we have with Flowers, and he is a machine just giving up catch after catch or P.I. I mean, the guy's just a piece. I don't I don't like him a bit. Um, <laughs> I was all right with letting Griffin go. I don't think Griffin was worth yeah, the contract too. he got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we I got DJ, DJ Reed for 33% of what he did, and he outplayed him. I mean, yeah. whether you just the eye test or PM I think Reed's good. Whatever. Absolutely. Reed, Reed, I think Reed is an up and comer. I think he's really good. I, I think he's in the mold of what we really want, you know, but I'm just, man, the Trey Flowers thing, I'm going to sit, I'm going to scream at my TV. I'm going to throw the remote at it. It's going to be third and 18 or third and 12 or third and nine. And no matter what it is, he's going to be four yards off. The guy's going to turn right at the sticks. He's going to make an easy catch and Flowers is going to be there to tackle him. And he's going to have a first and I'm going to freak out. Yeah, or <laughs> or he's going to be right on him. The coverage is going to be good, and he's just not going to turn his head. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you're just going to have 35-yard PI calls. One way or another, the ball's moving. I How saw many- him several times in preseason where his coverage was good, but his ball awareness was – I think there. he was just so concentrating on sticking yeah. to this guy like a suit that, yeah. like, he didn't even think to look yeah. up at the, for the football. How many times have you seen the guy trailing three steps on the slant across the middle? You're like, dude, I just, I can't even take it. Like, it doesn't even have to be a good ball. Like, it, it, like, you know, at least if you're covering him, it's got to be a good ball in the right place. And with him, he's three steps behind. I mean, they're throwing, you, you can drop to a knee and catch it. You can square it up. Like, he's you, not you even close to the huge catch 
This no, rank I, is I, his greatest asset, but if you're, yeah. yeah, right. If you're three strides behind, you don't even get to use it. Yeah, it's painful, man. That's that, that's going to be our Achilles heel. I'm Wasn't telling you, and it's just, it's painful. We got we got we got to hopefully be able to get a little depth across the league. But I, I do like DJ Reed. I think he'll surprise a lot of people. I think he's a lot better than people think. Wasn't uh, and Trent I'm sorry Howard. that it didn't work out with Quentin Dunbar because of injuries. Because had he played up to his potential last year yeah. and stayed yeah. on the roster, we'd be set right now. Yeah. I mean, yep. I feel pretty good at slot. Right. I just, I, I, we're only one corner short. And so in a way, I think we're probably being alarmist. I would rather see Witherspoon than Flowers. I'm sure you would too. Yep. But I mean, I think if we can be average at cornerback, I think yeah. we're going to be, I still think we're going to, I agree with you. I think 20 points a game. I think we can score 30 and I think yeah. we give up 20. And we I have think to. we should, if it weren't yeah. for the cornerbacks, I think we could give up 16 or 17. I think this would yeah. be the best defense we've seen in Seattle in a long while. Here's a thought. We have five safeties. Why aren't we pushing that player development on uh, Hugo Amadi as a cornerback? Why isn't he a solution there? Well, he looked like the solution at slot, and then he lost the job to Blair. Yeah. Another. Um, He's a good player. I like him on special teams. He's good depth. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? If something happens to Blair again, I don't feel terrible about Amadi in the slot. I think he yeah. plays pretty well. I mean, yeah, he'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, Let's face it. Justin Coleman had a couple of great years, but you, you know, yeah. he was, he did well in our system. Once he was gone, he didn't, I mean, Justin Coleman didn't really impress anybody once he was it, it, It'd be nice to have, it'd be like nice that. to have one real physical lockdown corner. I think everybody in the league would love to have that. You know, it really makes your defense, especially the way we play. Cause then we could, we could leave one side of the field a little more naked. Um, we just don't have the right to, we just don't have the ability to do it. Now, you know, like we've said, hopefully Wagner, hopefully Jamal, hopefully Diggs, you know what I mean? Hopefully some of these other guys can uh, can step up their play and hopefully our D-line get a little pressure on the quarterback and make up for it. I mean, that's the trade-off. Our, our corners aren't going to be as good this year and it's and we need DJ, we need Reed. I mean, I'm telling you, we need Reed to really step up and, and, and be as good or better than we think he is um, to be a solid crew back there. Otherwise, we'll be a sieve, you know? No, if, 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 if Reed struggles... You know, yeah. if he struggles too, people send it, people spread us out all day and we'll be in trouble, man. And it, yeah. it'll be painful watching those two minute drills where they spread us out with four receivers and a back out of the backfield. And they're just bang, bang, bang all the friggin' way down. It would you suck know. too, if he's returning kicks and that's how he gets hurt. Cause oh, he was pretty explosive kick returner last year when he got a couple opportunities. Mm-hmm. Hey, one guy that I'm super impressed with that we got off the streets is Ryan Neal. He came in and made some, you know, impactful plays and, and been pretty solid when um, Jamal Adams went down and such. Is he a possibility as a corner at all? I don't think he's got the build to be a corner, does he? It's kind of long. I mean, he's almost more of a box safety to me. What okay. do you think, Ian? I- well, I, I think that uh, it, I, off the top of my head, I, if I, I'd be guessing, right, uh, 190 pounds. So, you know, his size probably fits corner better than it fits safety. Um, but again, like, you know, this, that's Pete's thing, right? And, 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 and if we got a guy who's sitting there and he's buried in the depth chart behind some other guys and we have an opening, like, I would fully expect Pete to put him in there and give him a shot, you know, because he, that's his thing. He's, he's good with the corners. And, you know, what do I know? I think his build is more like a corner than a safety. I don't think he's over 200 pounds. I think he's above 90. Um, you know, and, and I, and I, I think, you know, what, six, two, six, three, the most. So, you know, that being said, he is, his body fits corner skill set. I don't know enough about it. And I, I trust Pete to, to, to get though? him going. 
He has pretty good IQ. He knows where the ball is. And what's Marquis? Where where do we put Marquis Blair? About the same weight? Yeah, but a, a little bit more dynamite right there for sure. <laughs> Packing a little more gun. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he reminds me a little bit of a, a Cam Chancellor two point You know, right. well, I don't know. Team. I saw Ryan Ryan Wood laid some lumber. Man, Ryan Neal's laid some lumber. True. Yeah. I think yeah. he's got that too. That's that's why I think I, like I, both those guys. I said box safety because I like I've seen him I've seen him make five or six hits that I was like, man. Yeah, I got Blair up here at a buck ninety-five. So they're about the same. They're about the same. All right, last position, because we know that there was no competition with special teams on our kicker, punter, and long snapper. Um well, linebackers. Let's everything to talking about Tyler Ott, man, the next half hour. Let's <laughs> talk about the long snapper. <laughs> we'll just get him on, we'll drill him. Going, when was the first day you bent over, Mr. Ott? <laughs> yeah. Swung it. We got Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, who I really like, and Cody uh, Barton. Bobby yep. B. Wags is almost named my last dog after him. Um, he's a stud. After Cam Chancellor, he's probably my second favorite player of all time on the Seahawks. Um, I am a huge. You noticed last year when, when we had uh, Adams blitzing a lot that it looked to me, and, you know, I'm not a coach. But it looked to me that it it hurt it hurt Bobby Wagner worse than anybody yep. because once he fought it, it seemed like Bobby had that Bobby wasn't being as aggressive. He was almost serving as a we decoy had to cover for him all the time for like Adams' if, blitz and 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 yeah. so Adams was padding his stats and and like Ian said earlier, we desperately needed the pass rush then and he was generating it. But I think it was at the uh, at the expense of Wagner's play. I don't think it's so much that Wagner has lost a step because I think his instinct to get sideline to sideline and to anticipate mm-hmm. can make up for at least a half step. And we haven't talked about Jordan Brooks. I'm really excited about his development. He is yeah, fast, too. dude. Yeah. I think we're going to be really good on the edge this year. Yeah, and too. how many times did the Rams and the 49ers killed us on the edge the last three? Years? We, we have to be sure handed with our tackling the way we play defense. Our linebackers have to be able to tackle that running back on a dumper out the backfield or that, or the single out, you know, when they're running out there, just the way we play defense. We have to be sure-handed, and 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 he's a tackling machine. He's got good speed. He gets Stud. the ball. He tackles. That's why him and Wagner are going to be great for us. I'm really, really happy with that draft pick that we had. I think he's contributing hugely uh, to our defense, and he is a pretty sure-handed tackler. And it's so critical for our defense to be able to do that by him and the corners, but really those linebackers, especially. We count on them so much. And yeah, Barton, that's... not so much. I'm just not a huge Barton fan. I just. Yeah. I've seen him miss way too many tackles. Yeah. I've seen him looking just kind of lost at times. I I see his quickness. I see the explosion. I see the quickness. But I I, I just don't see the intuition or something and the tackling ability that that I expected from him when we drafted him. I mean, we were very high on Cody Barton. Let me make it As high as we were on Jordan Brooks, really. I mean, he was second or third round, right? Mm, I just remember – a lot of talk about Cody Barton, and I just I don't. I gotta still make the case for my guy KJ Wright. I miss him on this team immensely. He showed that he could play a different position. He could hold it down with two linebackers if we're gonna play with two. Um, he was the team MVP last year, even though Russell got some like NFL award for being the best Seahawk. The players thought he was the most valuable player last He's my year. My favorite Seahawk. He was my favorite Seahawk. I love KJ. I just like his personality. Yes. So nice. You know, one thing we learn about football is that like some of our gridiron idols are not always the greatest people. 
I yeah, mean, right. there's some great guys playing the game too, but like even some of the guys that we think are great, the next thing you know, you got video of them beating down the door. I mean, you take a lot of hits to the head, CTE, right? You know, yeah. steroids. It's hard to compartmentalize your anger. Yeah. yeah. KJ Wright, man, he was just so chill. He was like super sugar yep. bear or something, man. I mean, he's just smile that lit up a room, super intelligent, just great mm-hmm. teammate. I loved him. I hated to see him go. And then mm-hmm. let, let's make this case further. Both the last two years, statistically, playing time, minutes, tackles, all that stuff went up the last two years. ESPN, when they did the top 100, he was listed like 67th, but now he doesn't have a job. Is that just trying to get younger and, and save money or or what? I don't understand why you got have a guy that's the most productive he's ever been. He's been a longtime veteran. Always been that guy that invites people to the team, no matter if you're there for a day, half a season, a game, whatever. He's one of the first, like Bobby is, to give you a call and say welcome. He never had that fear that somebody's going to take his job. And this year, he hasn't even got a sniff from a single one. Hey, there's 32 teams that would love to have KJ Wright for $5 million. I mean, KJ Wright wants to do his family right one last time. Yeah. I mean, that's been the stick. That was the sticking point with us. It's a sticking point with Oakland and San Francisco and anyone else who's talked to him. And, you know, as fans, we want to say, come on, man, just you already got $40 million. And like when I said, I'm a bad negotiator, I'd do it. Dude, I'd be yeah. playing on the. Of course, get in there. Well, yeah. I, I would be I, playing on the, I'd be playing on the minimum every year. It's like, yeah, yeah. I love the culture here. God, I just love my teammates. This is great. I'm too easy. But yeah. I mean, good for KJ. I think, uh, I think there's, I don't think that it, it is not that he's talked to five or six teams. It's just he wants, yeah, you know, he wants it, it reinforces that, it reinforces ahead. our opinion of his value when other teams aren't jumping to sign him for that. If right. we make a mistake and we let him walk out the door and three or four teams are lined up to sign him, then I feel like a real jackass, right? But we kind of have to make a stand on certain guys and it's painful and it totally sucks. But you feel validated when no other teams are willing to step up and pay that same steep price. So then you wonder to yourself, okay, well, if nobody's willing to pay that steep price, at least yet, right, what is that little bit of a hometown discount so you're not moving and you already know the system and you can be sign a one-year deal and be awesome and then get your big deal next year, right? And be in the ring of – probably retire in the ring of honor. Right, right. I mean, so a lot of things to me point to, hey, dude, like at a certain point – like preseason's over, you know, nobody got hurt. Like, can you, you know, reel him back in? Can you come back to us? Right. Yeah. Uh, what What's the league look like after week one at linebacker? You know, I think that's mm-hmm. where his golden ticket is, but well, and you got to, he's got to have to learn a whole new system but and be with a over, whole new team and, and move his family. And like, there's a lot to just comfort and being here and knowing the system and being with your teammates. And it's tough. But I mean, if you, like you said, if we love Jordan Brooks, which we do, right? Um, you know, Maybe we can bring KJ back, but I mean, what are we paying him for per se? Yeah, I know like, you can't you can't responsibly do that. If you're going to put your draft capital in his replacement, you can't. Exactly. What I liked is last year. I mean, when we moved him to the Leo, and he performed so well. Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot better than that than Darrell Taylor playing Leo, a rookie yeah, no. who has very little you know, very little, uh, experience and coverage. Right. Mm-hmm. I just think very that little. 
If, if any, I mean, the dude's what, 275 pounds or something? I think he's 280. 280 yeah. yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, the, the idea that that guy's going to be able to cover people even close to how KJ Wright did is foolish. Now, I like the fact that he went to Tennessee, right? Going back to that same thing we were talking about, like playing good talent. But when you're that big, dude, you can't cover people. Like mm-hmm. you're one dimensional being out there, and, that, and that's going to cause us problems on defense. It just is, you know? And, so, in that sense, I would love to have him there, but what's the cost trade off, right? But- that's, I think you need to take problem. care of your family, though, and that's he's been it part is. of the Seahawk family for a long time. So this exodus, kind of like Larry Fitzgerald's going through right now. Yep. You know, it, it's there's no swan song. There's no like, thank you for your services. It's hey, go find a team. Don't find a team. I don't care. We're moving on. Well, he KJ's got to take care of his family too, which is why he wants twelve million dollars instead of you know mm-hmm. five point six million dollars or whatever. You know what right. I mean? So yep. But again, me, if I got 20 million in the bank or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I just want to be on the team. Come on. Especially for one year. Like, like prove to the other teams that you're worth the 12. Nobody thinks you're worth that today or somebody would sign you. Right. And if somebody gets hurt, they're not going to run and go, okay, we'll give you 12. Or they would have already paid him 12. You know what I mean? Like, so it's going to be a tough one for him. I, I don't blame you for trying to get the money, but at a certain point it becomes obvious you're not going to get it. So then what's the answer? Yeah, right. I had a would, private I, talk that they didn't want him at all. Just said, Hey, you know, this is the end. What best wishes always put in a good word with other teams for you. Do you think that happened or it was just kind of the silent treatment? I just think it was money. Yeah. It's money. Money. It's and this, if, 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 if Bobby Wagner goes down, he's the first phone call we make and offer him 10, 11 million. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? right. Like, and that's, that's kind of his insurance policy. Like, like right. we would be an emergency. He knows our system, but like other teams aren't going to pay him that to come in to learn a new system. And you know what I mean? And do that at least for a one year deal. You know, Johnny, you talked about depth on this team. I think this is the one position that we may not have depth in and may need right. it, you know? Well, we had lots yeah. of depth there last year. And uh, remember when we started, uh, God, or is it even the year before when Pete's Pete's scheme idea, when we stopped playing the slot and we had our, uh, we had the, we had the uh, personnel on 70, 70% of the time we had three linebackers or whatever. That yeah. did not work out well either. No. I feel with Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, I, I I'm not, I'm not more terribly worried about our depth there. I don't know. Are you worried about our depth at linebacker right now? I'm just trying to make a case for KJ. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't, look, and you're right, because the reality is, is what if, you know, what what if we have injury? If we have injury, we're in trouble. If we don't have injury, we're, we have no depth problem. But if, right. if, Especially if, if, if one of our guys, system. yeah, if one of our guys gets hurt, we're in trouble. Then you got Barton playing. You got Barton playing middle linebacker. You're relying on him, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you giving the preseason of the Seahawks another one. It was unfortunate last year that we dropped the call and <laughs> didn't have a chance uh, to record we? it. That's the royal we, like you yeah. did. You just called the player. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I didn't record it. Come on. Your backside hey, was exposed again. Johnny, hey, you going it's on the record Ian. with 13 wins? Ian's call no, drop, not Ian's, mine. You got to get Ian's prediction. Yes. Are you on the you're you're on the board on the for 13? 13 and four. 13 and four, 12. Johnny. I've been right every year but 2017. Yep. I'm going 12 wins. 12 and five? Yep. Yep. I'm going 12 wins. I was gonna I, you know, I thought about going 11 wins, but like you said, you look at the you look at the you look at the schedule and if we win the games we should win, and you know, maybe we're you know as good as potentially we think without injury. Well, in week one, which looked like maybe a possible W because Baltimore, you know, Baltimore was pretty stout last year. But, uh, you know, if we're going against Jacob Eason or even exactly. Carson Wentz still learning a new system, yeah. I feel like, 
you know, there's a couple swing games there that I feel better about. And I just know we always overachieve. Yeah. Okay. I mean, whatever I like you 13. say about Pete Carroll, he's a terrible in-game manager. He's sometimes too smart for his own good. But Jesus, he's, you can't say he's not good at getting yeah. people to overachieve, except for that one and one anomalous year in 2017 where there was all the in grumbling and Mm-hmm. And that's the one year that screwed up my record. I take it as right. a personal well, affront. Otherwise, sport, I'd be eight for eight. Sports betting is legal in Washington now. So you should, you, you, if uh, the over-under for the Hawks is 10, if you're on 13, dude, that's a, that's a layup for you. I'd be I'd be laying a little I, coin on that. Ian, I'm so dumb, I wouldn't even know how to do that. I wouldn't even know how to lay a bet <laughs> online. It's amazing that I have these backgrounds. That's why I was yeah. off. the one thing I can do on my computer. So <laughs> tell me how to do that. I, I do. I'm, I'm very confident. And I also think I'm also going to go on record saying that we go to at least the, the, the NFC championship series this year. I, I think, like it. I think so too. I, I really, I mean, we have to, Yeah. I mean, and I think everyone knows it and that's why Pete's Pete's compromising. Yeah. Russell's compromising. Yeah. We're Russell's good enough. Compromising. And I yep. think it's, Two, two, two winners saying, you know what? We got to yeah. kind of meet here in the middle. We got, we got it. We have to stay healthy on defense because we're, we're, we're a little bit like you were talking about a little bit light in a few spots, stay healthy. And, and, and I, and I like it. How about you, Tim? Where are you going? What's your number? 11 and six. Okay. Not as optimistic as you guys. Well, all three of us are on the over. So that tells me let's bet the over, over 10. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it. And, uh, and if we win, then, then, then next year, the, uh, the, the catering is on me during the, uh, during the podcast. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a deal to me. Yeah. Um, you got anything else going on at SI.com right now? No, man, we're just, just, just plugging away. Just, uh, you know, everything's been good. I mean, we're, we're just plugging away on all of our uh, gambling content and our fantasy content and building a bunch of tools and stuff and just trying to keep it fun for everybody. You know, there's, like I said, there's so much noise and everything now. It, it sucks a lot of the fun out. So we're just trying to do a lot of things that are fun. We'll run a lot of contests this year, weekly contests, that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's pandemic or not, but I definitely don't see you guys as often as I'd like on the island. That's right. Girl. Yeah. I hear you. Always on the road. Johnny, yep. tell us a little bit about your new book. Uh, well, I, I got a book called Small World coming out from Dutton in uh, January. It's just a big American epic. No, people that watch football don't care. Thanks, though. <laughs> and you had a war book out recently, too, <laughs> you right? Go to, you could go to CenturyLink Field and wave my books around. You might find three people in there. It is a different crowd. Different crowd. Yeah. I'm hoping to retire off off the off a website I own, johnevison.com. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. My mom I'm might have to, I'm hoping to pedal that website. John. Yeah, I'm hoping to be- pedal that website to the right person. So we'll see. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. I, I'd say you're not invested. Yeah, don't. <laughs> If you believe that, I've got some signed first editions for you. I'll sell you. Know, <laughs> might get a paper cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, right, All right, guys. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate yeah, it. Great catching up. Yeah, yeah, man. Good to see you guys. Thanks, Tim, for having us on. Appreciate it every year. A lot of fun. My, my pleasure. Take care. Say hi to the families and uh, stay healthy. Sounds good. See you, fellas. See you, Johnny. Right. You've been listening to Bystander. Be kind. Yep.